0: the new world order, they've locked down the border, wherever we are, that's where we have to stay, no time for blame, this is a runaway train. Of humanity, gotta do whatever it takes. Hold on. We're all in this together, it's a catch cry of the day. We gotta be, period. There is no other way. But hey, can't cry all night. There's a war to fight, an enemy to put away. Keep the fate isolated. Help
1: is on the way. Hi, everybody. This is Richard Sachs. You're listening to Lost Arts Radio, and this is your host. And um, we have a show tonight that I've been waiting for for months and months because our guest is getting pretty busy and scheduled out months in advance. Um, this is Dr. Sherry Tanpenny, who's been on all over the world, you know, on doing so many interviews, you probably can't remember how many there have been, you know, it's just an incredible schedule and it's, she's pretty much working at the limit of human endurance right now. So what I want to do, you know, you first, oh, so many things I want to say at once because this time is going to go by in a flash and I want to make the best use of it. Um, and I'll tell you what I'd like to do with our guest. She's got hundreds of interviews up on the basic basis of what's happening Uh, In the world and all about the vaccines which you're not allowed to talk about we're going to talk about it anyway and how that's part of an overall uh, agenda that's happening in the world that people are getting more and more conscious of so I would encourage you to watch all of our videos that you possibly can and we're going to be putting together the pieces today. And try to make some sense out of the whole thing instead of just repeating another one of the hundreds of interviews that go over all the basics, although we'll com- cover some of that. So, welcome, Dr. Tenpenny, and I appreciate your time greatly. I know how scarce it is at the moment. So,
2: oh, thank you so much, Richard. And, you know, we've known each other for quite a few years now, and, and yeah. I, I always feel bad when people say they've waited for months to be able to have me on as a guest. It's just um, we're booking into uh, late October now because the schedule is so full. Um, So I appreciate um, your patience, and hopefully I can contribute something of value to your listeners here today.
1: Yeah, well, looking at that value, I think that is the most important, like not just a momentarily... Entertaining or educating podcast, and then the person finishes it and says, Okay, next, what, what's on my schedule? But wait a minute, it's supposed to actually make an impact. That's why Dr. Tenpenny is putting all this time into it, not just to say, Oh, that's interesting. So, all right, how can we have an impact? And I think what it comes down to is understanding the gist of what's going on in the world right now. And number two, what do you do in response? So, not to take too much time on the details that you've mentioned hundreds of times in the other videos, but you're a doctor with the highest credentials, in my opinion. And if you want to give um, a twenty-second rundown of what kind of credentials, if people want extreme detail, they can go to the website, go, you know, participate in your classes, watch the other videos, etc., and then we'll move into the subject matter.
2: Well, I'm an osteopathic physician. I've been in the practice of medicine and seeing patients since 1985. My first career was as the director of a level two trauma center as an emergency medicine physician and director of the ER from 1985 to about 1998. I moved to Cleveland in 1996 and opened an integrative medicine practice here. Now we have three physicians, three nurse practitioners, a physician's assistant, and we just hired... Three more people yesterday, and I'm desperately needing another physician. So if there's anybody that's listening to your broadcast here that is an integrative physician or has some background in integrative medicine and is open-minded to quickly learn, we are desperately in need of another MD or DO. It cannot be a naturopath. Because naturopaths are not licensed in the state of Ohio, um, if we were, if they, if we were, I would love to have a naturopath, but it's not going to work for our practice. So if there's an MD or a DO that's sick and tired of working inside of the conventional system, please get hold of me. Send me your CV at at dr. Tenpenny at gmail.com, or an email, and we can set up a phone call because we desperately need another physician. Yeah. um we're super super busy we've never been this busy before richard which is um it's a it's a mixed blessing actually yeah it and makes so, it harder
1: but it's a great sign of awakening
2: yeah it really is and we've uh, in the 25 years i've had this practice mm-hmm. we've had patients from all 50 states and about 18 foreign countries that mm-hmm. come to get well and get off their medications in fact i saw a couple yesterday that flew in from minnesota to see me they came in on um on Mon- on tuesday night We had their appointments on uh, Wednesday and they were leaving to go back to Minnesota on Wednesday, last evening. So we do see a fair amount of that. So people are welcome from all over the country. Um, And so that's, that's pretty much my, my career path. I started getting interested in the, in the problems associated with vaccines after going to the national vaccine information center meeting in Washington, DC in September of 2000. So I'm pretty close to 21 years of study research talking, writing, uh, more, well beyond 40,000 hours of personal research on problems associated with vaccines. And so I can say unequivocally with my research and background that vaccines are not safe. They don't keep you from getting sick. They definitely cause harm, and they're absolutely not necessary. And so when this COVID stuff came up and started March or February of 2020, I took sort of a 30,000 foot view for a while and then spent the rest of it and then sort of dove in when I realized very early on that this really was a demic, that it, the myth of the mask, the fraud of the PCR testing, the absolute nonsense of social distancing uh, that was based off of a 14 year old girl's science project. Um, All of the social controls that were implemented, everything is shut down around the world to destroy the middle class, uh, kill off a large portion of people. Um, These are the same people who openly say there's too many people on the planet, openly fund Planned Parenthood, um, do not want to have the elderly around because they can't afford them anymore, more because of the debt, the national debt. And they want to stop all the young people from having babies and filling up the pot. So hence the um, infertility things that are going to be associated with these teenagers and young people um, getting these any one of the four shots that have been approved. So when I first, and I, I say that as a back, uh, my original backdrop, so that when I first started looking into this, speaking about it, and I've done, I think more than 460 interviews since um, March or April of last year. Sometimes I've been doing like this is the fourth hour of interview that I've done today already, <laughs> yes. and some days wow. I do six or seven interviews in a day. I feel to get like the
1: apologizing in- for having you <laughs> no. <to> be sleeping, <laughs>
2: just to get the information out to, uh, as many as, as broad. And as widely as possible But I gave the first part of that backdrop For your for your listeners to understand That I just didn't wake up in March of 2020 And decide to investigate this right. This is something that I've been doing For, in September, it'll be 21 years um, And 40,000 hours They say it takes 10,000 hours To become an expert So yeah. I guess I'm a quadruple expert Yeah, <laughs> on the topic.
1: exactly Well, I, I got really excited Long before the COVID thing happened uh, hearing you because I was looking for somebody who would tell me I'm not insane that vaccines have never shown any benefit in preventing disease and they've been maiming and killing people since Jenner at least which is about 1796 or so in the UK and if you look at the work of Suzanne Humphreys and uh, Tim O'Shea and other people that have written books about it I mean the scam is so deep that you zoom out on the graph of the incidence of infectious disease versus the timing of vaccination. And the vaccines always start after the disease is almost totally gone and then can't take credit for the whole thing. And that should make people at least take another look at it, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the same thing is happening now. I right. mean, this infection is gone. and Even for Even more most part.
1: now. And it because, was... Um, I mean, they had real real numbers with uh, polio and and, uh, smallpox that showed at least somewhat realistically how many people were infected and, and had symptoms. Now, because of what you mentioned about the PCR test, it's not that the numbers are unrealistic. There are no numbers because they all come from the PCR test, which you can adjust to be positive or negative.
2: Exactly. You can, it can be, you know, the inventor, you know, Dr. Carrie Mullis, who invented the PCR testing said from the time that he got the Nobel peace prize for it, this is never intended to be used in clinical medicine. And yet everything that has happened in the last 15 months is based off a fraudulent test that can be manipulated. That was never intended to be used in humans and um, absolute, and we, we went from pandemic and sick people to case demic by testing uh, people. And it's the first time ever in, that I know of the history in the history of medicine that people had to be te- healthy. People had to be tested to prove they were healthy.
1: Right, and and they even if they had a real test to show you were healthy, that would be illegitimate. But they right. don't
2: exactly. They,
1: they test you to see what they want to label you as.
2: Yeah, I saw a, um, you know, and I think that by now most people kind of understand that the PCR testing is is highly sensitive. It can find the teeny tiniest little trace of that coronavirus, of any of the coronaviruses, not just SARS-CoV-2, which hasn't been fully classified, identified and purified, but okay. also from any of the coronaviruses that have been around for 30 years. And there's four garden variety coronaviruses that every year cause influenza like illness. And so if you somewhere in your lifetime, which most people probably have, have had a coronavirus infection, Mm -hmm. that little trace of genetic material could still be in your system. and, And the PCR testing could pick that up. And now you are a case and you need to be followed. And and contact traced and, and put in your home and quarantined and kept away from people. And the little things that we've done to children has just been a travesty. Of, you know, locking kids up in quarantine, seven year olds, locking them in their bedroom for two weeks, right. eating, sliding their food through the door with mom standing outside the door crying and saying, It's only two weeks. I'm so sorry to have to do this to you. That mother and those of those videos that showed up on the internet should have been in jail. For child
1: abuse. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, You made it super important. I mean, I'm trying to condense what I'd like to do, like 10 hours uh, of discussion right (laughs) now into a few minutes. But you, So I apologize if I'm interrupting or anything. It's okay. No problem. Just just to not miss any little points if we can. You said, um, or you implied that the PCR, it's not a test, the PCR procedure, to be specific, cannot differentiate between any of the various types of coronavirus infection be presence, I should say, because what it's picking up is a piece of uh, genetic material, not not complete. And there's no way it can differentiate and say what what that piece came from, right? Other than maybe a coronavirus family virus.
2: Exactly. You know, there was a video that I saw that um somebody you know those um those doodly videos, the ones that yeah, look like yeah. a whiteboard that people are drawing. You They're know? drawing
1: really fast. Right.
2: Yeah, that software is called doodly. And okay. um it's it's really kind of cool. I, I actually have it. I I would love to have the time to play with it. Yeah. I just don't, but I, I have it. I bought it. I bought a lifetime membership to it. So someday I'll get to do that. But I saw a doodly that somebody did that, and it really made so much sense to me. And I'll just say it in brief how it really is. They they use this analogy that Uncle Fred came to visit for the weekend, and while un- Uncle Fred was was there, he went into the bathroom and he shaved. And then the weekend was over, and Uncle Fred left. And two weeks later, or two years later, two years later, uh, somebody was in cleaning the bathroom. And found little shavings from when Uncle Fred was there two years ago, you know, in in little isolated places. And so they identified, yes, this was some of the whiskers that were from Uncle Fred from when he was here two years ago. Uncle Fred's long gone, Mm -hmm. but that little piece of whisker is still there. It's no longer Uncle Fred, but it's a little residual of saying Uncle Fred has been here. That's yeah. what happens with coronaviruses. The virus, the infection's long gone. There's a little tiny bit of genetic material left behind that identifies that the coronavirus was here. It means nothing. Right. It means that you were exposed to that virus, and that's all it is.
1: But it also doesn't mean that the people behind this whole coordinated scamdemic, like you said, don't understand that They understand that really well This is put together not because they made a mistake Which and there was a doctor One of the famous doctors on the last couple days somewhere uh, Saying that uh, The headline was I think We made a mistake and lots of people died Well the people going along with it Maybe it was a mistake on their part But the people orchestrating all this It's not a mistake Not it's at all. It's a totally successful pandemic Um,
2: orchestrated is the absolute correct word and when you you, early on in all of this nonsense if you went to the world economic forum.org website Mm -hmm. which i haven't been out there in quite a while because it was it just made me sick every time i went there i just (laughs) couldn't tolerate it but early on they had it may still be there but they had this video at the front that went through this whole thing talking about how Horrible! Every single thing in the world was, uh-huh. and that we must completely destroy all of it and start over again, so that we can create the world that we want.
1: The great. And it was like, that. who's we? Exactly, we're supposed to use the word "we" as if we're part of it, but yeah. But
2: these are the nefarious creatures. I can't even call them humans, These the yeah. various creatures that were setting this up. And the video also went on to say, we've been working on this for 50 years, 5 zero, 50 years.
1: Yeah, and that's the latest stage. I mean, it actually goes back way before that.
2: Exactly.
1: Right. And so I think one of the things that's, I'm, I'm keeping in mind your original statement, hoping to give some value, you know, to the listeners. And I'm thinking, well, what value do they need? One of the things that's really hard for people to grasp, even very smart people who are very well-motivated and intended, is the the scope and depth of what you just called the orchestration. That this really is, you know, there's a reason we've been taught that anything called a conspiracy is automatically a theory and false. And the reason that everybody's been taught that is because that's at the core of it
2: well it 's funny because it 's interesting not funny it 's interesting because um, I, I was just talking about this earlier today that we we used to talk about depopulation and human human trafficking and pedophilia and adenochrome and all of these things sort of in in hidden in hushed language and only in circles where we knew we were in like-minded with somebody else because we didn't want to be labeled, you know, conspiracy theorists, tinfoil yeah. hat, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But now it's so blatantly obvious to even most of the lightly educated, I would call them, that mm-hmm. you you have to talk about it because it's exactly what's going on.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, it, All of these things that are in working in parallel, not just the scandemic, sorry, pronounce it scientifically correctly. But the other things too, I mean, people can't grasp that there is an engineering program going on globally worldwide to spray toxic metals and all kinds of organisms on the population, poisoning the soil, the water, and the air. It's not just to create the fake climate change, which it's doing. And so that they can point to it and say, look, you have to give up all your freedoms and get ready for the next classification of lockdowns to stop climate change. They have to make climate disruption to have that happen. And people need to grasp all these things are going on in parallel, any of which could be total destruction.
2: Exactly. And I think it's because we normal people that just do this stuff. Can't quite get your head around the fact that these people are psychopaths, and they might be aliens. They're just, or they're alien slash human psychopaths. There's, they, they don't think the way that that normal, whole, you know, healthy biological human beings do. That just, that just live their lives. Right. And it doesn't matter at what rank of that life. If you're in India and you are the poorest of the poor all the way up to, you know, successful CEO types that, you know, do but still are normal people. We right. just can't get our head around this because we don't think like psychopaths. And in order to understand how a psychopath thinks, it's, it's like if I were trying to kill you, Richard, if I were trying, if we were sitting in the same room mm-hmm. and I was trying, I wanted you dead. It wouldn't matter if I burned the entire house down and I died also as right. long as you were dead.
1: you would succeed at your pl- at your exactly. and that that's is what's happening. they know it's a suicide mission
2: they don't care they, you know mm-hmm. because people say, well, if they destroy the planet and the food and the bees and they kill the water and they kill off all these people, I mean, how are they going to live they don't have it figured out and and beyond that, they don't care.
1: I'll give you a chance to say that I'm crazy at this point, and since we're just you know, looking at it honestly. I've spent decades, like you have, looking into where, where does this come from. And I think it's not human origin, and that a lot of the people at the top level, I found out without wanting to firsthand that the phenomenon of possession is real, and I think it's widespread at this point. But the people above that don't have to be in physical bodies. And it's very, very well coordinated from that level down. And it's basically a ceremonial sacrifice where they think if they do it correctly, because they obviously could kill us overnight and they're not doing that. There's a systematic aspect to it. And the reward for sacrifice is on the non-physical level. That's why they don't mind dying physically. And so they're not going to stop. They're clearly shutting down the entire life support system of the planet, the ecosystem as a whole. And that's being done systematically. But I'm not saying that just to be negative, and that it's all hopeless, because I don't see it being that way. The other aspect of it is human potential. You know, that if some small core group could wake up, step by step, not just as a simplistic wake up to be able to to say what's going on, that's not waking up. I'm talking about self-awareness on a deeper level so that your normal abilities start coming back. I think it could still be reversed. Not that that proves anything, but I, I feel like it could.
2: <laughs> well, I think that um, you're right. It only takes a small group of people to make a difference. It's that Margaret Mead quote that I always butcher. But basically she said, to, to summarize it, it, it only takes a small group of people to change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And honestly, when they started this whole nefarious stuff back in March by the fall and then moving into, you know, 2021, um, there was a lot of blowback you know it's a huge blowback at over 400 interviews. And on very large platforms mm-hmm. and big television shows, you know, alternative shows like Daystar, And, and I did some things with Brian Rose. I, I did like three yeah, interviews with him and, right. and it, it actually offline. It, he told me in one of the interviews, he said, you know, Sherry, I've, I've interviewed thousands of people. Literally. He said, you, you're probably amongst my top five favorites, which good. really made me feel good from him. But, but I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that we've reached a lot of people and, and mm-hmm. a, I, I kept saying the powers that be overplayed their hand and they are so up here in their ivory towers or wherever they exist, living on whatever planet they have no real connection with the boots on the ground, you know, worthless eaters that they're trying to destroy and the human spirit and the quest for freedom and autonomy and our divine spirit and our connections with God that they overplayed their hand and had no idea the level of blowback that was that was gonna happen all over the world.
1: I think they feel like they have to speed things up like that now because otherwise people could actually become conscious again.
2: Well and I, I believe that millions, maybe billions have. You yeah. know there's there is a, I believe, a silent majority out there that they're not like you and me on radio shows and talking to groups of people. And, you know, talk, you know, I, I was, I did Clay I spoke at uh, Clay Clark's uh, 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 waking up America meeting last weekend in Tampa. And there were 11,000 people in the audience and million, 10 million people watching online. Wow. I mean, they're not, I mean, people, all those people are awake Right. And all those pe- or those people wouldn't be there. They wouldn't have been bothering to watch online. And so I'm really moving past the concept of waking people up. I feel like the vast majority of people that are going to be awake are, and if they and the people that haven't so far are not going to be, because they're like they can't hear you. Everything that you say bounces off them.
1: I honest, the programming is sunk in.
2: The sun, but, it sunk in So
1: if you're not at the stage of waking people up What's the next step that you're focusing on?
2: Supporting the people who are Okay you know, Because a lot of them feel very alone Yeah You know, we see it in our practice People come in and go I'm so <laughs> grateful to be here Everybody I know has gotten the shot And everybody I know Half the people I know Even though the governors lifted the mask ban They still wear masks And it's, I feel so grateful to come into this little oasis And see normal people You know, so I think the next step for me and for us, a a lot of us, yes, we still want to, the few little stragglers that are still on the fence, Mm -hmm. they haven't really decided we want to yank them into the ark, you know, we want to continue to educate, but I think that the next step is about. Starting to plan where those of us that are refusing this shot no matter what, we see the devic stuff. We're not going to let them inject our children. If we have to give up our job, we're going to give up our job. We're mm-hmm. going to keep our kids home. We're going to raise our own food. We're not going to get on an airplane if it means getting a shot. Those groups of that group of people is, I think, larger than we believe it is. Yeah. And it's now so, now giving them direction. Here's the next step of what you need to do in your communities.
1: Okay, well, there's a lot of things that need to go into those directions if we can, and if there's time, because you want to minimize the impact of the total collapse that's part of this pandemic, and you mentioned that, that the lockdowns and everything, which the damage from the lockdowns are typically blamed on the media, on the virus rather than the lockdowns, but the lockdowns are going along with the economic policy to destroy the value of the money, and... Looking ahead to that, I mean, in California... I mean, you
2: know, Basel III goes into effect next week. Yeah. July 1st, one more week, and all the derivatives collapse.
1: You Did you hear about what Newsom is announcing in California with a new policy that you don't have to worry about paying your rent anymore, and your back rent and everything, it's just going to be paid by the, by the state?
2: What? What?
1: Yeah, this is what's so what does due- that
2: do to landowners and where does the state get that money?
1: It, does, it never existed. I mean, it's it's as non-existent as an identified covid virus. It's just um, print it. And when you print money and you mess up the proportion of, or the ratio between money and goods in circulation, the value of the money goes down proportionally. And so the value of the money is intended to go to zero, which means that people will beg for the Great Reset to save them.
2: Well, I think the other thing that's going to happen, sadly, is that you know right now they've kind of taken their foot off of the gas pedal. For they've the moment, lift, yeah. They've lifted some of the restrictions because it's summer and people are going outside and they are traveling. I mean, I, I've, been in, I've, I've been traveling quite a bit since April and the airports are packed. They're jammed. I have a really good friend who's just uh, last week was in Las Vegas on business. And he said, Sherry, um, think about any time that you've ever been to Las Vegas, the busiest you've ever seen it. Like he said, and and take that times 10. He said there's rows. There's like 30 people standing in line with those little velvet things that, you know, those line things just to get a chair at a blackjack table. Wow, he said, he said every restaurant is packed. To go from one end of the strip to the other, for your listeners who may not have been there, uh-huh. from one end to the other, if, you, if there's no traffic, is about a 10-minute drive. Mm-hmm. He said it takes, it, there's so much traffic, it takes an hour and a half.
1: Wow. And,
2: and he said, so people have been like caged animals that are now out, and they're doing things, and they're going places, and they're making all these things happen. And come fall, come fall, two things, are, in my opinion, are going to happen. Number one, um, they're already starting to plant the seeds on this. Oh, it's going to be the worst flu shot season ever. Right. And they're going to get people rushing to get their flu shot. And those that have a, had a COVID shot that get a flu shot, it's going to be a that, deadly combination.
1: That'll be the antibody-dependent enhancement scenario. Exactly.
2: And then the second thing is I, that when that starts happening,
1: mm-hmm. they're
2: going to blame it on the unvaccinated. And, and they're the, going to blame it and the mutants and the, 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 and the, the, the new variants. The
1: variants, yeah.
2: And what they're going to try to do then is they're going to push everybody back into shutdowns again. Right. And the vast majority of people that don't have a spiritual grounding and understand really what's going to go on are going to they're going to fold and they're going to say, I can't, I can't do this again. I just can't go through this again. I can't. I'm finally getting back on my feet. I have a job. I fine. Whatever shot I need to take in order to not yeah. have to do this, yeah. I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah, because it'll be a freedom shot.
2: Yes, any you know this? This is the savior. That first shot. I mean that you know this one. Look how bad it is. People are dying. It's really bad. You have to get the shot. And and if you don't, then you got to be shut down, shut in, close your business, keep your kids home, put your kids in a closet. And then people are going to go. I I can't, I can't do this again. Just you can whenever see whenever
1: the segregation you, being set up.
2: Whenever right. you need to shoot me up with, just here. Both arms, same time. I don't care.
1: I yeah, just can't yeah. go
2: through
1: that again. Exactly. And then they, we have a lot to talk. I hope you can come back at some point in the future. But <laughs> they will. The, issue, the issue comes up too with more people emotionally breaking down and accepting the shot, even if they don't believe in it. And they see other people that didn't die, and it must be fine. And the question comes up what about a possible way that they hope to infect people with the shot? remotely through uh shedding of the of the protein or anything else that goes with it what do you think about that
2: well first i've made a really 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 big deal about stopping using the word shedding yeah sorry because because shedding is um
1: transmission
2: it's transmission because real whole virus and here's a simple distinction you know if i get a chicken pox shot and I shed virus, whole viruses from that chickenpox shot to you and you're mm-hmm. susceptible, you can track chickenpox. Right. You don't get the measles, the mumps, the flu, you get chickenpox. Yeah. If you get injected with these COVID shots and I transmit something to you, I first of all, there's no virus to shed. We're yeah. injecting little strips of genetic material wrapped in a lipid coating that's never been in humans before. Right. If I if I transmit that particle to you or a spike protein to you or the antibody to the spike protein to you, you don't get COVID. COVID is the flu. You don't get fever, cough, sore throat, body aches, maybe loss of taste and smell. You don't get that. You get blood clots, strokes, heart attacks. Women get bleeding. Men get swollen testicles. Men can't get or, or maintain an erection. Um, you don't get COVID. So that's not shedding. That is something yeah. else that's transmitting, and it's real, and it's really happening.
1: Okay, so number one, I apologize for the wrong word. It's completely correct.
2: It's education. The,
1: this, yeah, the second thing is, um, given that that's happening, and I think it's been shown thousands of times you know, to be really obviously a, a phenomenon that's going on, how much do unvaccinated people realistically have to stay away from Everybody that's been vaccinated, is that an issue? I mean...
2: I believe it is an issue. And I believe that so far, and this has not been proven, we don't have any laboratory tests. It's been empiric observation and just knowing kind of what these things are. So far, it seems as though this transmission happens by physical contact. And it doesn't necessarily mean intimate physical contact like sex or or kissing. It's like really elbow to elbow contact.
1: So shaking hands would be in that category.
2: Shaking hands would be in that category.
1: So you might be out there promoting this elbow stupid thing that they've been doing to try to avoid COVID except to avoid the spike protein.
2: Well, I would say that I think that, you know, they want to make everybody who's unvaccinated, excuse me, and I hate, I don't even want to use that term, uninjected, because it's not a vaccine.
1: Right, right.
2: Um, they want to make all of us wear a, a yellow sticker. But, yeah. quite on, but quite honestly, I believe the real transmitters and the super transmitters are those that have had the shot and they should be wearing the yellow sticker, you know. But I've gotten to the point in my life, Richard, um, that... I'm okay with hand shaking. I'm not because I can use hand sanitizer and more better is like alcohol swabs, you know, for things like that, but I'm I'm very cautious about people that come up and say, "Oh, I want to give you a hug." I don't okay. do that. Okay. And the other thing that I do when I'm out in public in public places is I wear long pants and I wear long sleeves. So, if somebody wants to give me a hug, I've got my arms covered, you know, except my hands. And I don't, I mean... You know, it, it's too I, I bad just, that
1: it's gotten to that point because that's a sign of success for them that we have to stay away from each other. But I well, think that in this case...
2: We just stay away from those that have been injected, not from each other.
1: Uh, yeah, I, and I guess if it was clear who's who, you, you would know. you
2: ask the question. Have you had the shot? Yeah, well, I have. Okay, that's fine. Thank okay. you.
1: Um, I, I, there several things I want to bring up Before we have to stop And one of them Any one of which could be a full discussion But one of them is That there are signs Especially with the new deadly terrifying variants That they're already talking about when Which they are nothing ev- which, When they haven't even purified and isolated the original
2: But they really I, are nothing But keep I, going
1: I know But they want to use that among other things For a justification for a lot more frequent universal testing. And what this brings up is the procedure of jamming a probably contaminated swab practically up to your brain and the danger of the test itself. And I wonder if there's anything that is worth saying about that.
2: Well, first of all, if they're putting the nasal strip this way, that's an inappropriate way to do the testing. It's supposed to go back this way. It, when it puts it in your nose, it goes back this way. If it's going up this way, uh, that is damaging, it is dangerous, and is faulty technique. It's supposed to go back this way, not this way.
1: Aren't they teaching people to go up to the cribriform plate and twirl it around and rub it and everything right where the optic nerves go through? and the Not the optic nerves, but the olfactory nerves go through that screen into the brain.
2: That's not the instructions on the, on the inserts.
1: Oh, uh, they're just doing it, I guess.
2: They're just doing it because I don't think they've ever been trained. They've okay. just been told, here, put this up people's noses, and so they do.
1: Yeah, they really Actually,
2: do. Read the, read the instructions that come with the test kits. It tells you to insert back this way, which is along the uh, along the maxilla, until you feel it bump into the, the the palate in the back. Then you're supposed to turn it. 10 to 15 times clockwise, 10 to 15 times counterclockwise, and let it sit there for 15 seconds, which tells me, and I've never seen any proof of it, but it's all over the Internet, that they're either delivering something there Uh or they're extracting something from there, maybe both. Well, if the
1: COVID was that obviously transmissible, you could just rub the edge of the mouth and get it just fine. You
2: should be able to puff on a Q-tip.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: So that it goes back to what I said, that it's the only time in history that we have to prove that we're healthy and that they're either. And we've seen a lot of these Q-tips that supposedly have nanotechnology on the end of them. Maybe. I don't know. I just, you know, there's only so much you can believe from the Internet. But I do know that they were collecting DNA samples and they because the Gates Foundation has a has a has a mechanism for that. Now the other thing is uh, that I've said is like how you know most people at some point in time in their life have gone to the doctor with a sore throat, either them or their kids, to get a quick strep. Hmm. First of all, it's an ill person. Second of all, how long does that doctor take to do to swab the back of your throat or the nurse? Like less than two seconds.
1: Yeah, probably less than. I mean, more.
2: it's like you, you take the tongue depressor and you go ah and you go uh and, it's, and you're out of there, right? How uh, right. Have we The why deep thrusting, why counting and counting clockwise twisting, and then let it sit there for 15 seconds unless somebody, you know, because they are doing something to us or extracting something from us or maybe both.
1: Right. It's just logic clear um and then all this is going together with a really strong program to try to shut down open communication and free speech all right that's a central element of the pandemic because if the kind of things that you're saying reached everywhere which they're almost doing then it would be terrible because people would realize this makes no sense
2: well, that's why we've been named, there was 12 of us named the Disinformation Dozen, right?
1: Exactly. Because
2: me, Bobby Kennedy, Del Bigtree, uh, Christian Northrup, Aaron Elizabeth, Joe Mercola, um, trying to think of the other, Rashid Buttar. I, so that's seven of the of the people of, of off the top of my, oh, um, uh, Sayer G, uh, Ben Trapper. Um, that's two more. So that's nine out of the 12 off the top of my head they say that the disinformation dozen are the ones you people are the reason why only 40% of the population is vaccinated because of you. Right. And we're not going to reach our goal of getting 70 million people, 70% of the population injected by July the 4th because of you people. So that's why they kind of dragged me through the mud last week on on uh, all of mainstream media across, you know, MSNBC, CNN, you know, Peter Jennings. I mean, I mean, not Peter Jennings, Brian Williams, um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Stephen Colbert. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of them. They just there is a letter that came out from the American Osteopathic Association naming me personally as a and we're that's not going to go unanswered believe me and Good. so it's um but it's why because oh we have to discredit them we can't argue with their science because their science is accurate so the only tool that they have is name calling mud throwing and, and um, um, character assassination
1: yeah exactly how many of the people who are serving the whole negative program like that do you think know that they're damaging everybody and how many are just brainwashed and think that they're keeping everybody safe safe with public health
2: oh I think it's a that number is smaller and smaller I mean I think that number is really smaller and smaller
1: in other words most of them know that they're hurting people by doing what they're doing
2: you mean doctors and nurses? Wait, maybe uh, I'm talking maybe
1: I... about people in various levels of the servants of the system. For example, public health officers and people in media whose oh, job is to, to, to shut. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, people in media who are in, given the job censor this kind of comment and this kind of comment. How many of them know that they're working for the destruction of humanity? And how many have told themselves they're just trying to serve the, the system to save everyone?
2: Um. I really don't know. I don't have a number. I don't even really have an educated guess. I would say the further up the up the pyramid you go, the more they are nefariously involved. The, the people that are down lower, you know, like mid level television stations, mid- they just read the script. You yeah, know, they don't really. Think. And
1: in the medical system too. I mean, I've been in the academic community and in meetings of people discussing how to get everybody vaccinated and things like that almost all of them really have memorized instead of learned that now it's memorization is what science is becoming and they've memorized safe and effective and they don't think about it and I keep thinking of you know how do you get through to people like that that have just I don't
2: think you do and I don't think it's worth the wasted time to try
1: maybe that's true yeah
2: I mean, I think that the people that have bought the, have drunk the Kool Aid and been, um, addicted now, cause this is something I've been talking about a lot lately. They have become addicted to the fear porn. Mm-hmm. They're totally addicted to the fear. It's sort of like the people that, the reason why people go to scary movies because they like that adrenaline thing and that high dopamine level that they get from right. going to scary movies. And so they, they use that tool extremely effectively early on to make people so incredibly fearful and people that don't have strong constitutions and they believed all those numbers of all those people that died and look at those people falling over in the street and look at those mutants and they are addicted. They have to have their fix. And so that's why the mutant stuff and the, and, all, and the variants are all coming out, why people glob onto them, because it gives them more fear, gives yeah. them more fear. And they've used the dopamine rush that comes from that, and it's literally changed their brain chemistry. They're not going back. And yes. I don't think it's worthwhile spending a lot of time trying to convince them.
1: Would that apply also to the p- parents who are making their little kids wear masks at this point?
2: they all should be arrested and charged with child abuse.
1: You want to say And anything about I, think, masks? I, th-
2: I think a lot of them are mentally ill now. They're mentally ill. They're so addicted. They've changed their brain chemistries. They're so fearful. They come up with the excuse of everything because they believe the Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah. I think mental illness is more common than sanity in some ways.
2: <laughs> Very good. I believe that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. So looking at this for the people that are not, Emotionally destroyed and ready to just go along with everything You were saying that most of them feel alone, right? When they come in to see you at the doctor's office and things like that Um, Since they're scattered all over the many countries What are the steps that they need to work on to do better In getting through what everybody's going through at this point? What are the positive steps?
2: I think the first and foremost, you need to find your tribe you need to just keep it's like going it's like going fly fishing, right? You just mm-hmm. need to keep reeling it in until you get a fish. And so you need to find out in your neighborhood, in your community, in your church, in your synagogue, in in your gym, uh, who thinks like you. Because there's power in numbers and all you need is a handful Get yeah. two, and then there'll be three, and then maybe five. And then, you know, Christian, uh, I'm sorry, Pam Popper started this thing with Stand Up America, Stand Up Ohio, or no, it's called Ohio Stands Up, um, where she started this this whole thing about getting together, uh, she calls it Thursday night meetings. You can pick any night, any afternoon, the, di- the night is irrelevant, but mm-hmm. she calls them Thursday night meetings, where you get together in your living room mm-hmm. with. A set of like minded people that don 't wear masks that hug because nobody 's been injected that mm-hmm. share a meal, share a beer, share a cup of coffee, share you know sit around and, and, not, and a portion of the meeting needs to be just p- letting people vent a portion of the meeting is um, talking about something you know, i mean kind of like making a plan like what are we going to do when when the shit really does hit the fan? And then the last part of the meeting, you spend the last hour, or however long you're meeting, talking about anything but COVID. Right. You don't talk about it. You, you read your Bible together. You pray together. You sing together. You talk about sports. You talk about mowing your yard you talk about you know whatever little fiddle project that you're working on you maybe you turn it into a book club and you re, you're sharing a you know a book that you're reading and you have like a book club but but a portion of that get together is to reconnect with humanity something outside of COVID and do it with your like-minded friends Mm -hmm. to share something non COVID. Maybe it's a recipe. Maybe it's, you know, I found this great tea recipe. It can be anything, any, anything at all. So you get together, you vent, you get it off your chest because everybody you know thinks you're crazy. So you need to get together with like-minded people and vent. The middle part is okay. This next 30 minutes that we're going to be totally focused on on prepping, food sharing, food storage. Uh, what are we going to do about fuel? What about when the internet goes down? Does anybody have a satellite phone? Whatever that next 30 minutes, and then the last 30 minutes, anything but COVID that you talk about.
1: So the first third was what again? I think this is important. Venting. Okay.
2: Because every just, you know, can you believe that what happened at the grocery store the other day? Blah, 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 blah. Or this happened to me or this is what my husband said to me and blah, blah. blah. Just venting because everybody in your world thinks you're crazy, but you're sitting in a room of five to 10 to 15 like-minded people who've had similar experiences as you. It's a, it's a therapy session really Mm -hmm. to just vent it out. And so it's like a night. Let's say it's a 90 minute meeting In, in it. 30 minutes, you know, who's ever in charge of it says, okay, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Now, for the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk about emergency planning. Mm-hmm. What do we do if? What do we do when? How are we going to stay in contact if the cell towers go down? What are we going to do about food, water, shelter? What, does anybody have a satellite phone? What are you doing about safety, security? The next 30 minutes, we're going to talk about that. In that and then 30 minutes is up. Take a deep breath. Stand up, shake a little bit. Okay, for the next thirty minutes or forty five minutes, you talk about whatever you want, but zero about COVID. Nothing. Kind of
1: remembering normal a little bit, right?
2: Yes, that's what I said. Maybe it's a book club. Maybe you're reading, you know, um 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 what what was I gonna say? The um um Brad Brad um Brad Thor. Brad Thor's latest thriller. I have, I've read every single one of Brad Thor's books. I love his, I love his writing. I just love his writing style. And so maybe you turn it into a book club like that, or you, or maybe it's a Bible study. At that point, you spend 30 minutes in prayer and worship and praise, and it's a Bible study, or you watch 30 minutes of a movie together that's about mm-hmm. like, Saving Nemo. I mean, something that's completely non-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe somebody is a stand-up comic. And and maybe you stand up and start telling jokes because laughter still is the best medicine. Or, you, or, or something. But it's something that reconnects all of these like-minded people to humanity. To what it means, you know, who we are and what we're supposed to be.
1: So for all the people who are wondering, who in the world can I meet that is sane enough to come to one of those meetings? And you're saying just when you're out in your community, say a word or two to people. You know, like say
2: something like, what do you think about those shots? And, And if somebody goes, oh, man, they're ridiculous. Well, there's your first fish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if
2: somebody yeah. says, well, I got mine, didn't you get yours? Well, that's not your fish. That's not right, your tribe.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: You know, and so it can be just something that simple. Or like you see, you see the people walking around with no masks. You know, you can yeah. walk over to one of them and go, it's so good to see a face. I'm so glad to see you smile. You Did you get one of those shots? You, and if they go, oh, yeah, I got my shot. That's why I don't wear a mask. That's not part of your tribe. If they go, oh, hell no, I'm never getting one of those things. Come on over to my house on Thursday night. Let's talk about it. That's how you start to build your tribe.
1: Don't be be afraid to fish.
2: Don't be afraid to fish. Be fishers of men, right?
1: Right, right, exactly. And women, fishers. Yeah, yeah. Fishers of
2: humans, right? Yeah. But that's how um, you can do it really simply and non offensively, and nobody's gonna get mad and throw their shoe at you. I mean, you're just trying to make No, they don't even have to know what side
1: you're on. You're just no,
2: you're just asking, you're just checking yeah. to see who's who's safe, right? Yeah. Now,
1: now in the two minutes that we've got left, actually almost three, but um <laughs> what about aside from the most more normal interaction like you're suggesting with the groups, what do you do to Keep yourself in better shape because I think that's an important element for the whole thing, right?
2: Well, do what I say, don't do what I do, right? Okay. So exercise. <laughs>
1: right. Sleep oh, I, more. I saw you doing push ups right before we started here, so
2: <laughs> sleep more. Right. Uh, no, I take ivermectin, take hydroxychloroquine, take zinc, C, D, quercetin, and some vita and a little bit of vitamin A. I mean, that's, you know, we, we, um, we're very liberal on, on writing prescriptions for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but we draw a boundary around for those people who are listening that we offer that service only to people who are living in the state of Ohio. Right. Because we are, we're all just licensed in the state of Ohio, and we're not going to be prescribing across state lines. And the so front, the
1: front-line doctors, though, can... Give you can them.
2: go to the front. There's two groups. There's America Frontline Doctor. They're big hydroxychloroquine people. Okay. Or you can go to the FLCCC people. That's P. That's Pierre Corey's group, and it's FLCCC Frontline Critical Care. I don't forget what the last one's critical care something, but that's Pierre Corey K O R Y. It's Pierre Corey's group, and they're the big ivermectin people. Okay. They're the ones who just got this big pu- study published, this big peer review study that. Absolutely, every doctor should be using ivermectin prophylactically and for treatment, or they should be sued for malpractice.
1: Wow. So between those two groups, and they can send this stuff any, anywhere. What, anywhere or anywhere in the U.S.?
2: Anywhere in the U.S. I okay. don't know what their scope is outside the U.S. borders, okay. but I know that it's available in the US, anywhere in the U.S.
1: Maybe there's a corresponding group in other places. Like there is that, what is it, World Doctors' Alliance or somebody? Maybe.
2: In- Maybe so. They might have, they might, if they do a lot of work. The world. Uh, that, those people are um, super busy in Germany and in Belgium. And I think there's a smaller group of them in France. Um, mm-hmm. But those would be the people to kind of try that. You know, I'm telling you, though, that our, um, you know, in our office, we actually do phone appointments. It's like a telemedicine.
3: Mm-hmm. You have to pay mm-hmm. for
2: it for all of these groups. It's a paid, it's like a doctor consultation. So you pay, you pay the fee. Like in our group, if let's say you were in the state of Ohio, you were in Cincinnati, which is a five and a half hour drive, you just call our office, make a phone consulta- consult with us. We do a telemedicine consult, take your history, read the disclaimers, tell you what the contraindications are, which are the only one is being on Coumadin. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And um is a blood thinner and the reason for that is because coumadin when you take ivermectin with coumadin it makes it into a a better blood thinner so it thins your blood too much
1: i got it right
2: okay but ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine we do a protocol in our office where we alternate ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine every other week once a week, you take one pill once a week Uh, So I take mine on Sunday. So Uh I take ivermectin and then hydroxychloroquine, then ivermectin, then hydroxychloroquine, because they work by different mechanisms of action. And it's such a low dose. You just keep a a low level of dose in your system all the time. And uh, it it, it really seems to work very well preventively. And then if people start to get sick, you increase your dosage like you take one pill a day for about five days and it goes away.
1: Instead of one a week, which is the prophylactic dose. The
2: prophylactic right? is one pill a week of each one of those alternating. Right.
1: And you only take telemedicine appointments with people in Ohio? Is that yes. right?
2: Yes. In the state of Ohio. Yes. Okay.
1: So everybody outside of Ohio has to either drive there or they have to figure out who else. Well, there's not well they can do- get
2: America Frontline Doctors for okay. their hydroxychloroquine right. or the FLCCC doctors for their ivermectin. Because and they I, have more doctors working for them that have, let's see, because how telemedicine works is you have to, pres- at least in the Ohio law, is mm-hmm. that I can only prescribe for patients that have actually physically seen me, oh. or uh, I have to be licensed in the state the patient resides in order to prescribe for them. So okay. if I wanted to write a prescription for somebody in Indiana, I would have to have a license to practice in Indiana, Or they have to
1: drive over and see us. Or they
2: have to come over and see us. That's why those two people flew in yesterday from Minnesota. They came to see me just specifically for that.
1: Okay, so people have that option. Or American frontline doctors have probably a lot of different...
2: They they do Uh, the hydroxychloroquine.
1: Don't they also do telemedicine to some degree or not?
2: Yeah, but just just for that.
1: Just for that, okay.
2: And the FLCCC doctors do telemedicine just for ivermectin i think they may also do consultations with other physicians because their protocols are really more designed at least initially instead of the prevention they were more designed for treating people who were seriously ill with covid and Mm -hmm. they have like three or four levels of treatment protocols for hospital-based physicians that were treating people that were really sick but they but they're I mean, Peter's. I mean, Pierre is Corey. is He's a great guy, and okay. he's really his heart's in the right place. He's a hardworking guy, pretty mainstream, kind of strictish kind of medicine right. guy, but right. really has done his homework with the ivermectin.
1: Okay, and we know it. The uh, rulers of our country and the world agree that it's great because they want to block anybody from getting it. Right. So, if you were, you know, we're a couple minutes over, and I want to wrap it up, but um, if you were to look with intuition-based, you know, vision through what you see developing right now and the conflicts that are developing and, you know, what the new variants and all these economic things happening and then pass that to how it could all resolve with what would be a real surviving remnant, do you have any feeling of what that ends up looking like?
2: I do. Because, um, you know, I'm working closely with Scott Kesterson of Bards FM, and we are putting on a, um, or Scott's hosting and I'm helping build it, a, um, uh, it's called Bards Fest. It's B-A-R-D-S Fest, F-E-S-T, Bards, which means storyteller. Mm -hmm. And you can follow Scott on Bards FM, on Podbean, and he's he's the largest uh, podcaster on, probably on the internet, actually. Okay. Um and does very he does four podcasts a day wow. every day and wow. he's got twelve he's had over twelve million downloads I mean he's really big so wow. Bard's Fest is going to be in Saint um, Saint Charles Missouri which is just outside of Saint Louis it's August twenty sixth to August 29th. Um, the ticket sales are going on sale next week I believe um, it's a four day event and it's go- and we're positioning it as the largest spiritual revival in the history of America and out of spards fest out of the and it's going to be fun it's going to be worship prayer fun and family and fun so it's family worship prayer prayer worship family and fun it's going to be because we're going to have rock bands there, Christian rock bands, and great speakers. and And um, Pastor Greg Locke out of Tennessee is going to kick us off with the opening opening event. We're going to uh, blow the shofar all around the world. We've got countries all around the world that we're going to blow and uh, blow the shofar to call in God's kingdom at the beginning and at the close of Bard's Fest to really lock in the spiritual function that we're doing. And at Bards Fest, Scott's going to launch his plan that I'm part of. I'm actually part of the plan.
1: Yeah.
2: Calling county by county. And county by county is to get every it's every county, All I think there's 3,300 counties across the country, mm-hmm. to get every county county set up with a self-sufficient group of people that bring the church back in the home, schooling and education back in the home, taking care, learning how to take care of medical care and medical treatment in the home. Each county or each region in the county will have a holistic medical center that I'm going to be helping in developing those things. We're going to get food back in the home. We're going to get spirituality, education. We're having a financial system that's going to be set up. And so we'll be announcing the specifics of county by county at Bards Fest.
1: And and what town, again, is that happening in?
2: St. Charles, Missouri, which is just a little west of St. Louis.
1: Okay. And, yeah, what six months or whenever you can come back, uh, we can talk more. But what this obviously comes down to that I was thinking of in asking you that question is that a post- unpleasantness society has to be put together not waiting till the last minute to do it it's almost like constructing a parallel civilization it's exactly
2: and, what we're doing
1: and you mentioned the financial aspect the the yep. economic the the money system you know everything has to, should be being built now i mean this is late but it can still be done and that's exactly what you're describing so and that's if,
2: exactly what we're going to be doing
1: is there a website for that? The people can um, look it,
2: it'll at? be up probably next week, but just you know, it's it's uh, yeah, the county by county seven pillars are home churches, garden home homeschooling, taking care of your own food, um, informed action, which will be about governance, um, right work, finding discovering God's gifts and talents, and building careers and businesses that will give back to the world, health and healing, and off the grid energy yeah and
0: so um, the
1: whole picture the whole it's picture. basically the completion of the idealistic beginnings that american founders were envisioning except exactly. putting the rest of the pieces together you know freedom with the, the caveat that you have mutual respect and appreciation for each other exactly right it's it's not a bad ending for the story at all this exactly. A new <laughs> That's okay. great. Well, wonderful. So hang on and we'll say goodbye in the break here. And hopefully we'll see you again soon. Okay, everybody. There goes Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Amazing person that I know Doug and I feel really fortunate to get to have people like that on our show. It's incredible. I mean, she's got courage to say things that she sees as true even when the whole establishment of medicine says that that's not only crazy but you know dangerous and um i just i respect that a lot and she's got a lot of insight she's known about what's really happening with injections of all kinds for many years and is doing a lot of great educational work she's Pouring all of her time into interviews and also doing the boot camp work and all these other events that she's planning. And I hurriedly wrote down some of those. But basically, she said, go to DrTenpenny.com. Uh, and the, and she specified that that was not doctor spelled out. It was D-R and then no period. Tenpenny, T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y.com. And that's the best way to stay in touch with all the things that she's doing. Hopefully we'll have her back on the show <clears throat> in a few months to see how things are working out and what the, uh, what the latest in the scamdemic is happening and all the terrifying variants and what they're, you know, doing to people in the name of that. And especially her, uh, program and project of the new groups she's putting together and telling people how to do this all over the country. And, of course, you could do this anywhere in the world so that people don't feel so isolated. And I really appreciate her telling us how, you know, the idea of how you can just make a comment to somebody in a store or the post office or walking down the street or anything, and you don't have to say anything that identifies you as a crazy, you know, person who's not going to take an injection or something, just something so that people will have a choice in how they answer, and you'll be able to tell from that whether they would be good to invite to your group um, anyway it sounds really interesting and her project working with this guy um, I think it's Brad Thor that she mentioned uh, setting up the event that is going to be um, Barts Fest not let's see if I wrote it down right 926 I think it was 926 can't read my own writing here um, yeah, 926 to 929. That's September, and it's going to be in St. Charles, uh, Missouri. Sounds like it's really good. I didn't get to ask her if it was going to be um, available to people to attend online, but I would guess that it probably would be. So we can watch for that on her site. Um, what else? Oh, the really important thing that she mentioned in the beginning is she has a practice in cleveland ohio and they need an additional doctor hope you know you could probably probably convince her to accept you if you're an md and you've got a holistic approach and you've got the right kind of experience and understanding of what's going on in the world right now but ideally if you if you're somebody with those qualifications and you're a doctor of osteopathy a do then that would be your first choice uh, but if you're the right person, then you'll get chosen, and this is an incredible opportunity, in my opinion, not just because she thinks that Cleveland is, you know, Valhalla on Earth, which it might be, I've never been there, Um, but because of her and the staff that she's got working for, incredible people, I mean, brave and telling the truth and actually helping people get healthy without... Just um the usual allopathic medical medical approach, I think it, it would be incredible you know if, if it really worked out, and if you're the right person that to, to do that and just the opportunity to work with those people would be incredible. so check in with that. Uh, you can look up her actual practice in Cleveland uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny it, it's definitely on the internet. And for anybody that wants A telemedicine appointment with her You have to live in Ohio Which is all that her license covers Or you have to drive into Ohio and see her in person Which you can also do And people are flying there from different parts of the world And you can do that too Uh, What else? We'll have her back on the Sunday show as soon as we can Remember that we also have Saturday shows Um 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, that's Lost Arts Radio Live. And that's usually related to current events in some way, but almost everything that we talk about is related to current events because when you get down to it, everything's related to everything else. But that's an interesting show. It's just one hour. You might be interested in seeing that. Uh, When you get a chance, the archives are available for free. And then half an hour after that show ends, we have meeting of Planetary Healing Club, which you can look at at planetaryhealingclub.com. That's an access point. If you have questions about that, let us know. That's for people that actually want to start working on some of this stuff as applied in their own life, and they want a supportive environment for that with physical health and consciousness. And, uh, you know, a lot of good information is shared in there. It's interactive, live doug and i are there every week and uh, i usually talk for the first hour or so and then we have discussion of anything it's a non-censored environment i'm obviously not a medical doctor i'm not giving medical advice or anything forbidden like that but we are still allowed to share information even if it's suppressed information and then talk about how it's used and some of us have been doing that for a really long time, and it's an interesting club meeting that you're personally invited to if you'd like to come and join us. Other than that, um, we're not running commercials, so if you want to help keep us on the air or help us actually do some of the projects we've had on hold for a long time, then you can donate to our work at lostartsradio.com at the Donate button or lostartsresearchinstitute.org. Donate button there, too. All that goes to support our nonprofit that keeps all this stuff going, and also subscribe star.com slash radio works just as well. Um, I think that's about it. Stay in touch. Let us know what you think. It's nice to hear from you guys anytime we have contact forms on the site. Um, I do private consulting when I have a chance, which is very limited because I'm working 16 hours a day usually, but... If it's something important and you need a private appointment, I'm open to that. Just write to me, Richard at LostArtsRadio.com, and we'll see if it makes sense. Um, what else? The main message being with all these inspiring people on uh, our program, it's to remind you of something, and that's that you're the main one. All these program limitations and thinking that we have to be afraid because all these bad things are happening that was never true and fear is completely optional no matter what happens get yourself in good shape if you want to help other people take care of your body get your health back learn about health non-drug health things that are safe that don't have any deadly side effects and you know the normal way of taking care of yourself and learn about consciousness and uh, breaking free of all these preconceptions that we carry around as normal Which are not normal and stop you from finding out What you could really experience as a normal condition person And that's still open and available If you take care of yourself, it's the best service you could do to everybody else And they'll all benefit So remember you're important, you're much more uh, Much stronger than the bad guys, no question All we have to do is break the hypnosis and it comes back. So that's the project. So take care of yourself. Have a good week. Thanks for being with us. And we'll look forward to seeing you here next time. Take it easy.
3: Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9pm Eastern, 6pm Pacific, on Sunday nights, on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on Big Tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash Radio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off and we often have Editors Picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash LostArtsRadio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at PlanetaryHealingClub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
0: Life as we knew it just took a turn, a turn to who knows where. That fork in the road. Didn't see it coming, caught us unaware. What we took for granted, all been taken away. Gotta do it different, gotta find another way. Hold on, we're all in this together. It's a catch cry of the day. We gotta be, period. There's no other way. But hey, can't cry all night. There's a war to fight, an enemy to put away. Keep faith, isolate. Help is on the way. It's a new world. Locked down the border Wherever we are That's where we have to stay No time for blame This is a runaway train Gotta apply the brakes For the future of humanity Gotta do whatever it takes We're all in this together It's a catch cry of the day We gotta be, period There is no other way But hey, can't cry all night There's a war to fight An enemy to put away Keep the fate, isolate Help is on the way A bad moon rises. Armageddon in the shape of a virus. Gotta stay at home. It's life by phone. This is what it's like to be alone. But hold on. We're all in this together. It's a catch cry of the day. We gotta be, period. There is no other. Hey, can't cry all night. There's a war to fight and an enemy to put away. Keep the faith, isolate, help is on the way. Keep the faith, isolate, gotta believe, help is on the way.